Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. You know, six mornings out of seven, I'm just blown away that we can actually do this again. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org, Consequence, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the episode, the series. Please do hit that subscribe button. I put out three new interviews every single week, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org or YouTube for the video versions. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, once again, talking with Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls. They're back with a new record called Chaos and Bloom. It's an album that finds these, these legendary pop rockers going back to their 90s sounds at times, and also connecting with an, an edgy and angsty sound that had uh, that's sort of been long in their past. Uh, Johnny's going to talk about the effect of the pandemic on his songwriting while considering society's future, as well as TikTok culture and the, and the musicians that are birthed from it. So let's do it. We're talking chaos and bloom. It's Kyle Meredith with the Goo Goo Dolls. Hi, how are you? Good to see you again. You have a brand new record called Chaos and Bloom. The last time that you and I talked, you were telling me that you wanted to go back sort of, I, I don't know if we said to your roots, but we said to an earlier sound with this one. And, and I didn't know exactly what that meant at the time, but but you've done it. This album is instantly become one of my favorites already. Uh, what, what made you... what? What set that in motion? Why did you want this record to be this record? You know what? I wanted to I wanted to produce the record. You know, after I started writing, I was like, okay, I want to produce this because it's like I'm hearing it in my head. Sometimes uh, your original intent can get lost in translation when you work with a lot, you know, say I hire a producer, you know, you give them you give them a lot of power an influence over what the sound and the direction of the album can be, you know, um, at, and at its best, because obviously I used other producers on this record to help me out with, with certain things. Um, you know, so I was wanting the people's other people's input at certain points, you know, but I wanted to sort of still have final say and control over what was going on. Yeah. It's, um, it feels like there's a little bit of like, I don't know, betting on yourself 
and, and I mean that as a compliment too. Like I, I'll quickly use an example. Uh, Tears for Fears put out a record this year and they did the thing where they worked with a lot of songwriters and and over the last decade and it just didn't work out they scrapped those songs i said what happens if we just try to write the album and it ends up being an amazing record and i think that's what i'm getting to with what you've done here because this again hits on everything that i like about your song like i can hear your songwriting and there's nothing against the last few records i like them too they were produced records where this one feels something more direct and personal i guess yeah well it was definitely more direct and it was more personal and there were a lot of um you know i'm at a point in my career where I'm like, I love going out and touring and I love, you know, um, connecting with our audience is always very, very important, you know, but I, was, I'm, I'm, I wasn't as concerned about what the record company thought or what these people thought or whatever, you know, because it, you know, um, I just, I wanted to do something that I was, I, I'm very proud of all the records that we've done, but um, this one had to be more like, doesn't have to be, I don't have to have a big hit single on it or try to write a big hit single on it, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? And I did want to, I did want to bring it back into a, a situation where it was like, no, I, I want this to be more edgy. I want this to be a little more angsty. And, and I think, I think a lot of that came from, you know, um, you know, kind of being trapped inside for a couple of years, you know, and, and, and then, and then it, it just, you know, interestingly enough, just watching the way the world has changed so much since I put a record out a couple of years ago, you know, three years ago or whatever, and then and then getting to this point. You know, it's it's interesting the way you put that. You know, the the angstiness maybe being from being trapped inside a little bit because it made me think, especially when you guys were coming up, your era of bands, a lot of them said the angst come. You, you look at Seattle; they were always trapped inside. You know. <laughs> I don't know if there's a parallel there, but it seems like that's an interesting way that you put that in the same way that you might have put that 30 years yeah. ago, you know? Well, it's, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was very, it was a very weird time, you know, and it, it, it definitely, I think has affected, you know, the psyche of the world, you know, and, and uh, you know, interestingly enough, I was, I was listening to that, that the latest Arcade Fire record, about a month ago, and I was like, "Oh, this is a pandemic record." <laughs> you know, it really just felt like that. And uh, but but you know, I'm not, you know, we were we were done with this a month ago. But um, yeah, just it's it, it's it's hard not to be affected by what's going on in the world right now. It's hard. It's hard not to. I mean, I think a lot of music now is very very sort of um, escapist in nature, you know. Um, and I didn't really want to be that. I didn't really want to do that. Well, if there's any singular chord that spells out exactly what you're saying, the opening of uh, Day After Day. Yeah. <laughs> which I, it might be my favorite moment on the record, that song. I mean, that's, for what we've heard from you in the past few years, uh, this one is sort of jumps out of nowhere on it. I love it. it like I said, it, I think it's my favorite. And, and for anybody who hasn't heard it, there's a creepiness to those opening chords and the feel to it. It, it eventually does open up. Yeah. Um, but but I think what you're saying is that really seems to erupt in that song a lot. Yeah, well, that that, that was definitely uh, definitely one of the darker moments. That was definitely one of the darker moments. We got up in the morning and I'm sitting there with a piano, bing, bing, bing. And then I'm 
recording it on my phone and I'm like, okay, what are you going to say? And it's just, you know, it, it's sort of like, yeah, it kind of rolls up. I don't really like making political statements, but it's just, it's, it just sort of, uh, I think that song kind of encapsulates the kind of the zeitgeist of what's going on in our society at this point, you know, um, you know, the division between people and, the, and, and, um, you know, the unbearable feeling of being completely out of control. You know, people hate that. I hate being, I hate feeling like I'm not in control, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and it's sort of all wrapped up in this nice little package where the chorus comes in and it's like, it's like, oh, what are we, we can just, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then it's kind of like, then you sit and listen to the lyrics. And I always loved songs like that. I could like slip this kind of dark lyric or something where you're trying to say something uh, without being too obvious. You slip it in under a catchy piece of music. It's kind of like, you know, and then it sticks to your brain. It's a good balance. It's a good balance on that song right there. That's a, it was it was cool. It was cool kind of hearing that 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 type of darkness, you know, within this record. And and maybe that goes back to, the, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning, too, because we, I don't know when you decided that you wanted to produce a record, when you decided what kind of record that you wanted to make. Did you find that that then did direct even what type of songs that you did write? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I got together with our engineer, Chris, and uh, we just kind of sat in a studio and it's just like playing with drum machines and loops and all this kind of stuff and just like just playing free, you know, um, building beats on a little keyboard, doing things like that. And um working on the music and then and then I, I decided it would be a really cool idea to uh get everybody out in the woods together and uh and record it record as much of it live as possible within our abilities within our capacity to do that and it was like i i was listening to a lot of our live recordings at that time and um and i was like well there's a certain a kind of aggression in the live versions of these songs you know they're always a little faster the guitar sounds are a little heavier you know and there's a certain there's a certain kind of not recklessness but there's a, a little more abandon in them you know so so i was like well at the very least i want to get the drums and the bass and i'll play along but it was very much like the three principles in the band just kind of like playing and playing and playing and making 30 takes of a song and trying to get that push and pull and and trying to you know we recorded it on tape a lot of it and um trying to get that push and that pull and that sort of like well this might this might come off the rails kind of feel at any moment and then you know that was a lot of fun and i was i allowed myself and i i went over budget because of it um, which is why I consider myself a crap producer because I went over budget. <laughs> but but um, I I allowed myself to play and experiment when other producers will not allow that to happen. You know because you know there's not a lot of money taking a lot of time to make you know you, you can't make records the way you used to. You know um, 
they don't have the budgets but you know we did okay and 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 I just allowed myself the time and the freedom to go you know what I want to hang that amp off the ceiling and and do just experiment with sound you know and and you know and dig dig into production notes from like a lot of old records and things like that and like like find out where like how did they do that how did they make that sound like that well let's let's try to duplicate that and then let's tweak it a little bit you know what i mean it was just things like that there's a certain i think this record definitely one of the things i did not want to do was just edit the crap out of the drums which is a very modern thing to do you know um you know and i did i did i did feel like I grabbed a little, I grabbed a little bit of uh, ground back for the band. You know what I mean? I'm like, like I'm taking it back now. <laughs> you know? It's a rock and roll record. I mean, it I think that's very rock and roll record. It is a rock and roll record, and and again, I think that's one of the things that I love so much about it is is that it it is warm. And it is, you know, it's, you can hear the moments in there, even if I don't know what they are, those moments that you're talking about, you know, it's just sort of, you can hear the room a little bit. I mean, that's, that's the records that I love so much. You know, when I went back and I was saying, you know, you bet on yourself. And I think that just goes further along in that. I, I, I'm sure I also could have been more on the nose and said that you are the answer. Uh, one of the actual song titles in this that, yeah. that works really well. And that song right there, um, you know, as you're talking about looking at other records, was Elton John on your mind on that one? Because it feels like that's one of those I, inescapable things. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Actually, that was that song came about. Craig, the, the drummer, was sitting there just banging on a piano uh, out in the live room, just enjoying himself because he plays piano and a lot of other instruments. And it was just, and it was, it was kind of like I was like, man, that's really cool. And I just started sort of singing over the top of what he was playing, and then we just kind of. Put it all together and then um definitely tried to give it like that classic classic kind of feel you know which was you know yeah which i thought was interesting because like i listen to that song and i'm just like yeah this song could have been from the 70s or the 80s or or now or whatever you know but it was like i just i just thought it was it was a chance to really get into something like, I feel like that song was very well written, you know, <laughs> whether it was on purpose or by accident. It just all just sort of it's one of those things where it just kind of fell together really nicely. And where I did, I did have to get help. I had to at some point I had to go, OK. And the point that I it was that was at was when I went into the studio to sing all the lyrics and uh, and I went. I, I can't produce my own vocals. So so I had to bring in a guy named Greg Wattenberg, who, who I've worked with a lot. You know, he and I have written a ton of songs together and collaborated on a lot of different things. And um, it was just so, so exciting to work with him again after a few years because it's like, you know, he just has this command with vocals, you know, and he, he can get the best performance out of me, you know, which I couldn't do myself. I couldn't be objective enough. It was good to have him there. Mission accomplished on that one. That's a big moment. Shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. 
and around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's, there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the, the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A S T E P R O allergy.com. That's A S T E P R O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a line in it. Searching for truth can be a fool's game. Yeah. Stands out pretty, pretty good on that one. And you st- I, st- I guess, I don't know if I was looking for threads. I guess I, because of my job, I'm always looking for threads and themes, but, uh, but that starts to seem to be almost like a thesis line of this album. Am I close? Do, do, do you sort of see it like that? I just wonder where we're going. I just wonder where we're going, like, you know, as a people you know, as a human race, all those kind of things. I just, I don't, you know, as a society, as, as, you know, and, um, you know, and it's like, I have a five-year-old now and it's, it's kind of, when I think about the world that, that is out there for her, you know, it, it gives me anxiety <laughs> because I, you know, am I doing anything to make that world a little better for her? I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I definitely feel like life, life is maybe getting harder for, for our kids. You know, it may wind up being more difficult. Um, there seems to be this, this, this mad dash to make human beings obsolete, you know, which, which, which is really unsettling to me, you know, because they're, you know, I think that the, the power and the money in this world are starting to become concentrated into fewer and fewer hands. And, um, you know, it's, it's becoming harder to be a normal, average 
human being, you know, just you know, what are you supposed to do? It's like, you know, um, you know, I just I just feel like we need to reprioritize certain things in this in this country to make ourselves a better nation, emphasizing more education, you know, and funding for education, not 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 keeping it away from people and, and you know. So that to me those those that that is a really important thing. You know, plus plus work and you know this, it's like work work means security, but it also means dignity and um the ability to to make the people around you make their lives better. And um that was a very uh scary thought during the pandemic was like, oh my God, like I never realized how much meaning uh, my my work put into my life, whether anybody liked my music or not. But just that thought of like, am I ever gonna be able to take care of my family? Like, I mean, like in the future, like how long is this gonna go on? Where where are we heading? You know, like luckily it seems like we're, we're gonna be okay. I think America has collectively just like, it's the only disease ever in the history of mankind where we just said, ah, fuck it, we're done with it. Who cares? You know, <laughs> this seems to be like, it's just like everyone decided that's ah, not that important, you know? And um, so whatever. It's that's That might be, you're right. That might be the weirdest part of the era that we're in is that it's like, you know, everybody saw the elephant in the room at first and now we've just kind of pushed the elephant over back to the corner and went what elephant yeah, I don't know yeah what you're like what elephant <laughs> no elephant in this room all right meanwhile meanwhile mutating at an alarming rate i just you know i mean just like the the yeah i mean i don't know to me to me the music had to say something without pun put like trying to inflict change on your audience it's just my observations and it's like take them for what they're worth well even that first single uh yeah i like you yeah when i first heard it you know i i, I don't always pick up on the lyrics right away I'm, I'm a rhythm and melody guy as far as my bass right like i have to really concentrate on the words but uh so it wasn't it wasn't that i you know heard that and went okay Here's a here's here's a play a reflection on on celebrity on yeah. social media culture. Once I figure that out, once you see the music video, very fun music video, you know, of course that opens that song up to being so much more. But I I, I think I'm just echoing what you're saying right there about how you you know can approach these songs because it's a fun song. But it also you're right. I, I you know my my kid my son is uh, is 14. Luckily he's not entrenched in uh, in social media culture. I know plenty about it because of my gig here but uh but that is that's one of the weird things and uh I, was there was there like i don't know was there anything specific that set it off for you to to you know become the lyrics that you did you know what? i kept hearing so much from everybody during during the recording process about tiktok you know so i'm like okay well i mean you know um I better go check this out, you know, because I avoid social media. I just, I don't want to bother with it. Um, <clears throat> but TikTok, and then and then I was working in a studio where there were a lot of TikTok artists coming into these studios and working with other writers, and it just looked exhausting. And I thought, 
how does this work? You know, it's interesting. But then, you know, you get into the whole concept of influencers and like, you know, people become famous for doing nothing. But there's so many incredibly talented people out there, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like social media is, is, is a freak show circling the drain, you know, going down to the lowest common denominator. Now, that being said, there is some pretty amazing stuff, you know. I can make a better blueberry muffin now because of, you know, some some 15-second video. I have no, you know, whatever. But but the whole thing, it's just like, what do you do? And it's like, it initially came to me, like, I wanted to write a kind of, like, a, a, like a, a satirical piece on celebrity culture in, in 2022. And, and... And I also wanted to, but, but it's like someone of my age who is like, may not completely understand where an 18 or 21 year old person is with that whole situation. Um, but still being a little bit fascinated and repulsed by it at the same time. Uh, you know, it's like, like the opening line, I met the queen of generation fame. She said, I'm sorry. I said, I'm sorry. I don't know your name. You know, and she stared at me like I was crazy. Like, how could you not know who I am? I have 10 million followers. Like, well, I'm like, well, I'm not one of them. So I have no idea who you are, you know? And then, so she leans in and sarcastically says to me, who are you? And I, and I say, doesn't matter. You wouldn't know who I am anyway. And then they have, they, they start to get into each other's lives, you know, and, and, and the guy, from this perspective, it's not a relationship song, um, but it's just sort of like he's looking at these people's lives and they look so exciting and so fun, but but they're not, you know? And it's like, you know, we're all desperately seeking attention in this modern world of the future, you know? And the whole, I, I was never a fan of Andy Warhol, but the one thing I will say about him is his prediction that everyone would be famous for 15 minutes it's like we've gone beyond that everyone is famous for 15 seconds you know and even further pushing that concept you know infamy is as good as fame yeah being infamous is as good as being famous i mean if you if you create a shitstorm, you know doesn't matter it's it's almost like the id of, of humanity has just been opened wide and it doesn't matter what you throw at the world you know as long as you're getting attention i mean you know i think we have to be very careful sorry <laughs> all heavy and weird all right i was i was hoping you would uh you know it's it's interesting you were saying you're like how could you not know me i have ten thousand followers uh or 10 million followers sorry and that's it's so different because you know when when the Google dolls came up um you know, the monoculture was still very much in effect. If yeah. you sold 10 million CDs, you would have most of the world knew your name. If you went yeah. diamond, most of the world knew your name. Oh, yeah. You know, and and I mean, everybody knew, I was trying to think of diamond records in the 90s, like Hootie and the Blowfish. Everybody knew that term, even if they, you know, they just knew who that was. Right. But you're right. I am so surprised over and over and over who I will find online who has that many and I'm like 
there's so many people that have that many and i don't know i don't know who you are how is I that no how idea who that? you are yeah i i mean i just think that i just think that the whereas like there were sort of gatekeepers and tastemakers and people who guided us through through traditional media channels like newspapers magazines television shows things like that it's just the whole thing is just exploded you know and and uh uh, yeah, there's something for everybody. I mean, it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine who's a very, very smart person. And he's like, think of the most ridiculous, weird thing and then Google it. And I guarantee you will find your community. And it's sort of like, whereas like in the old days, it's just like, well, I'm just a weirdo on my own doing this. It's like, now there's a community for everything. I mean, if, and he's like, there is nothing you can think up in your mind that will not be there. <laughs> and sort of like, wow, it's sort of strange. In one sense, it democratizes the whole thing. Things like, things like, you know, yeah, I, I don't I guess Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of thing. It kind of democratizes the whole thing where where the Internet has kind of democratized music in a weird way. But now that is being manipulated and controlled by, you know, a few masters of the universe, which, you know, is, it makes me very uncomfortable how power is so concentrated in the hands of the few. Whereas like, you know, but but uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I think that there is so much incredible stuff, but if it doesn't have enough makeup on and I mean makeup in a metaphorical sense, if it's not polished and 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 sparkly and and uh, viral, you know, it's like um, it, a lot of things get overlooked and a lot of things of value get overlooked. But I don't know if value is even I, I was brought up and 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 my um influencers when i was growing up um you know see hey man you try to create something of value you want to leave something behind you're an artist you try to leave something behind that is of value and uh, i don't know if that's that important anymore i think i think the desire for fame and approval and likes is more important than than the content of what you're creating you know they took the the counter on the dislike button off. So you can't see how many people dislike something, but you can see how many people like it. So it's kind of like, like, well, I can't make an educated decision. Well, that's the point. Don't worry about it. We're going to create an algorithm that's going to do your thinking for you. So it's like, you know, and then they, and then they attach little buzzwords to it, like curated. It's like bullshit. <laughs> I don't want, my life curated for me other than by me you know and it's like you know the world has definitely changed i mean i used to hang out in an indie record shop and listen to the college radio station and subscribe to 20 different fanzines that would come to my house and they were printed on a on a, on a copy machine and stapled together and that's how we got ourselves out there now it's like you go instantly point to mass potentially hundreds of millions of people seeing you instantly. That's kind of jarring, I think, in the evolutionary process. I think technology has outpaced the evolution of human beings and, the, and, the, and the, their ability to process all this information and to make change. Change is coming at a revolutionary 
hyper speed now where change was a bit more gradual before. And I think we, we as human beings are cognitively having a hard time keeping up with it, you know, and it's causing a lot of distress. It's, it's interesting, especially in comparison, like listening to how you sing about these sorts of things on songs like a big machine or what a scene, you know, like what yeah. we were thinking then and then what it even went further on and become, you know, that's, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> I don't know. You know, those songs are great, by the way, it's still great. 20 years for Gutterflower. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm really proud of this record and I hope everybody likes it. You know, um, you know, that's really the bottom line. And it's like, you know, I never forget that, like what the majority of what I do is I, I, I want to entertain people. You know, I'm an entertainer as well well as a writer. I like to think of myself more as a songwriter than anything else. Because to me, that's what's got lasting value. But yeah, I mean, I like to entertain people, you know, I and I, I like, you know, I get really I get I get ticked off at other artists that I see who like, you go to see them play and you spend $200 to go see them play and they don't play their biggest hit. And I've had conversations with a couple of them about that. Like, what's what's your problem? You know, that song bought you a mansion. Like, what is your problem? You're shitting on your audience, you know, by being a pretentious prima donna. Don't do that. It's not good. Well, I'll close by saying um, thank you for all the hits through the years. Oh, man. I'm Just, lucky. Yeah. And this this album, I, I you know, I, I meant it. This instantly became one of my favorite records you did. When I heard it, it just, it sounded so perfect to me. And the songs are so well written and done so um so johnny dude, congratulations on this uh th this record chaos and bloom it's outstanding really i was gonna say you know just if, in closing i you don't look like you're old enough to have a 14 year old kid <laughs> you guys does he you get mistaken for brothers <laughs> well let me funny i'm 40 now so uh you know i'm, uh, I'm oh starting to appreciate those moments right there thank you yeah i'll tell you <laughs> i know i didn't have a kid until i was 50 and i'm like oh my god is my back gonna hold out <laughs> but, no um, filters though i'm not using internet filters so i haven't gone that far oh no 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 don't bother <laughs> you don't need them don't, need, don't need them all right man Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you. I cannot wait to hear these songs live. They're, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to the tour this summer. All right. Hopefully we'll, we'll come out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. We'll see you around. Thank you. Good to see you. My thanks to Johnny Resnick, Goo Goo Dolls. The new album is called Chaos and Bloom. Uh, if you search further in this Kyle Meredith with podcast series, uh, another the other episodes, Kyle Meredith with Goo Goo Dolls, you're going to find the uh, not only the interview that we did just last year about their uh, B-Sides collection, as we also talked about soundtrack cuts, but all the interviews that I've done with the band uh, throughout the past as well. Search further on in, uh, well, search Kyle Meredith with further on in this podcast series. Thanks to you as well for checking out the episode in this series. Uh, do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we uh, put out every week. New ones every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with.
Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Facebook, Instagram, mostly on Twitter, all of them at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.